0: You're listening to the Loose Creatives Podcast. Brought to you by Davey and Meg. Grab your tea and grab your coffee. Come chat with us. How do you, everyone? Hello. I'm David. And I'm Meg. And we're the Loose Creatives Podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, We just wanted to start this episode by saying thank you so much for (laughs) all the responses to the first and second episode. We really, really appreciate um, everyone's support. It's Um, a wonderful
0: serotonin boost in the (laughs) pandemic. (laughs) It
1: really is. And we've also got a little announcement to make. Um,
0: Hot news of the world.
1: (laughs) Um, So after speaking to a, a few of our listeners uh, predominantly my wonderful mother um <laughs> because, shout out, yes. <laughs> out big um we have decided to i mean as much as we enjoy having guests on and um value their wonderful opinions we've sort of realize how much we enjoy doing episodes just us two and mm-hmm. the um, comfort of our home yeah um it's really nice so we have decided to have the majority of our episodes just me and Davy and then have special episodes with guests on because there's a, a you know a fair amount of topics that we can't speak on um, and it's important that we have guests on for those topics but
0: and we've only got a few ready for you we're just yeah we're just holding out a little bit we're gonna we're, we're teasing you know yeah. you're, you're not gonna get that cake every day but you'll get it on a friday when you when you've worked out yeah well
1: the sunday because that's when we release but yeah, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dumb, dumb, dumb. Um, but yeah so majority of our episodes will be just us two um and that hopefully means that in the future we can release a little bit more often as well yeah. we're not making that promise yet but
0: <laughs> and, and what, depending on how easily or how much more easy it is to mix this when it's just me and meg mm. you might
1: see a weekly episode yeah but, that would be nice we ain't committing to nothing yet <laughs> not quite <laughs> um so yeah that's it really isn't it
0: yeah yeah um this week we're going to be talking about the tortured artist now I can read your minds. I think some of you are going, what the fuck's a tortured artist? <laughs> well, Google's definition is, a tortured artist is a stock character and a real-life stereotype who is in constant torment due to the frustrations with art, other people, and the world in general. The theory uh, of the tortured artist actually spans back to ancient Greece, where um, there's, a, there's a famous myth of philosophies And all my Greek homies, you could tell me if I just ruined that pronunciation. (laughs) Uh, And it's basically a a story of a man who, he basically makes a bow and arrow while he's um, trapped in the woods somewhere and he's wounded um, by the animal he he used it on. And in Greek society, um, men were, if you, the kind of pinnacle of society was you were a warrior. Um, If you were wounded, you were seen as a, you you were kind of ostracized and kind of exiled to the outskirts weak, of yeah kind of useless kind of similar to artists and mm. basically what happens is he comes back and society kind of casts him aside but his invention of the bow and arrow is hailed as mm. one of this great thing and it's kind of the first depiction of a tortured artist this a uh, person who has through his anguish his pain has built this great creation mm. but then and people love the creation but they're like oh no he's he,
1: he's but, worth yeah. now. like he's not
0: and not worth anything i thought that was super interesting yeah, it's
1: interesting that it goes like the the sort of trope spans so back, far back in time
0: yeah well here's another whip another, <laughs> <laughs> another little fun fact um in, in that time, uh, the ancient Greeks actually saw madness as a state of otherworldliness um, mm. that could be brought on by divine or demonic forces. And they kind of saw creativity in that light. So obviously, demonic madness is, that's what it says on his ten. it was yeah. seen as bad, but the divine madness was a different thing. They kind of described it uh, very similar to being in a flow state or being in the zone. Mm. And the Greeks just believed that create, creative intensity had a divine origin. If you read a few pages of the li- li- Liliad, I think it is, um, that wouldn't be surprising. The Greeks saw divine origin just about everywhere they looked. Mm. I thought that was super interesting. Yeah, like, the, the, like creative, ins- it, it, like almost creative intensity yeah. or insanity is a divine thing.
1: Well, they so- like, view like mental health, obviously in a very different way to how we view it. Mm-hmm. And that sort of, you know, quote unquote madness isn't always to them wasn't always a negative thing no
0: the words took on a new meaning now yeah. from when plato used it
1: yeah
0: um but yeah there's your little history lesson <laughs> into where the torture to, tortured artist comes from and we're gonna we're gonna cover kind of gonna try to cover every aspect yeah. of this kind of theme and trope or myth a lot. whatever you want a to call to it
1: but it is interesting, like I say, like that it takes dates back so much, and how much language has changed, and the sort of modern view of the torch artist is so different to what it used to be. Well, it
0: is and it isn't yeah, though, is aren't it? Because yeah. the way we would describe it is different. But just like that, like the the kind of if you break it down, like this story of Philostases, he he kind of do he, even if in that old historical setting it it fills the yes, role still of it fits. yeah Yeah, a person who's doesn't really fit into society builds this amazing creation through his pain and anguish and the the piece of art or the creation is revered while he carries on to be um kind of punished for his pain yeah it, it's yeah. interesting
1: it is very interesting and the, the sort of psychology behind it as well I think is fascinating because there's mm-hmm. been a lot of studies done um to link mental health with creativity um and there was a uh, studies a few studies done during the 80s and 90s to try and link um sort of creative minds with schizophrenia and several other um mental health illnesses um which I thought was quite interesting because creative Therapy is also a thing mm-hmm. and used to help people who have, um, who deal with these mental um, illnesses.
0: And so many people use art as a way to heal themselves by yeah. by channeling that pain that they're going exactly. through. Exactly. And it. some
1: people feel like they can't create with, when, I mean, it's, everyone's different, I suppose, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Some people feel like they can't create um, when they're in that sort of psychological state. Um, that sort of low psychological state but then some people feel like like yourself I know we've had conversations about that before haven't we
0: mm-hmm. like I'd, I, I I I it's it's funny having this conversation about the tortured artist when it comes to psychology mm. you know? because I defo defo have kind of gone like channel your pain into art channel your pain into mm. art and I kind of realize while researching this I've kind of realized that although it is. It can be a super helpful tool, um, to create things that you love and cherish and are passionate about. I have, it invol like accidentally, been Loki pushing the tortured yeah, artist myth, yeah. um, yeah. because I, I <laughs> although I'm, it's come from a good place, mm. and I'm, I'm just say, I always say through the eyes of healing, um, by by doing that i am pushing the kind of narrative that art should be from pain and, yeah. and should be yeah i didn't i don't mean to yeah. but i, I think like it's, it's natural though isn't
1: it like an, i think a lot of people use like draw from pain to create which isn't a bad thing no not and at it all. can be very healing and very therapeutic and it, it's more
0: and it's alluring it's yeah you, you you when when you when an artist does that you you'll get as a consumer of that art you're getting a window into their soul you're getting a window into their
1: and i feel like pain. as a society we can connect to that as well that mm-hmm. sort of pain um but the the psychology um behind creativity itself and the sort of state of the the mind or the brain when you are in um, a creative state is quite interesting too because mm-hmm. i would sort of um assume that the brain is at quite a high um stimulated state um but it's actually not um there is, the brain ha- I just want to make it clear that I'm not a psychologist here. <laughs> <laughs> but through research I've found that the brain has um five different states of um, like brain waves okay gamma being like at the top is quite high intensity. Um, but the brain actually sits at alpha when in a creative state which is sort of re- was related to relaxation um what reflection and it, it
0: refers to a flow state
1: yeah flow state. I'm on the Greeks it's already on it <laughs> yeah like a flow state it's all, almost similar to meditation and like you said before when you make music it's very meditative for oh yeah you.
0: like I, as someone with ADHD like i've tried meditation i've tried all of those things and i have a lot of respect for it but i can't do it i Mm. I sit there and fidget and and my brain's like (laughs)
1: but
0: but that's quite
1: common for a lot of people but but when
0: i when i when i create my art i do enter that kind of flow state I, Mm. i i can easily just get lost in it and i forget about everything and it's like it, it's a double-edged sword because if i've got shit to do
1: <laughs> yeah
0: other than that it's probably not going to get done because i'll sit there for eight hours focusing on a kick drum in relation to my snare but um flip that it allows me to truly deep dive into my art and i always come out of it feeling refreshed yeah. while also exhausted yeah which is weird
1: in a positive i think it's like positive exhaustion yeah. though isn't it it's, like it's you've... like fulfilling yeah definitely Mm. Defo. Um, but this is sort of the studies that had been done in the past, just going back a bit to that were linking to these sort of mental health illnesses. More recently, I think it was in 2003. Um, no. In 2009, a uh, um, psychologist, Judith Schlesing, Schlesing, Schlesinger. Again, sorry <laughs> <I'm gonna say. laughs> for the butcher pronunciation. It's all wow, good. so white. Um, <laughs> Judith. Schlesinger uncovered a number of um, shortcomings within these studies um, and they'd basically been you they'd been using these studies for a long time and the results of these to, like I say is try and link creativity with mental health but there was a lot of un- like underrepresented um, sample sizes there was a lack of control groups um, and the use of non-validated tools for self-report, so like questionnaires and scales and things like that, it just basically wasn't done very well.
0: It's kind of mad that we haven't come to that conclusion earlier. Because when we look at the eighties, it's like it's not really a bastion for mental health, is no. it? You're you're a bit erratic. You got schizophrenia. <laughs> you like you're 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 having a bad year, and your emotions are a bit out of whack. Bipolar. Yeah. It's well, like- I
1: mean, women would get. I mean, this is probably a little bit before the eighties, but women would get put into you know institutions for mm-hmm. for things that nowadays are very easily treated um
0: there's a bygone era where you just got told to man up or yeah you just got told to get on with it like okay. we, we've only recently started coming to the conclusion of oh maybe this actually matters and we need to look after each other yeah, and exactly. stop punishing each other for going through hard times. yeah <laughs> weird that yeah. we've like after thousands of years of his existence we we've only just come to that conclusion yeah
1: it's crazy isn't it? i know and these and that's why these studies are, can be so damaging and sort of play on this um idea of mental health and creativity sort of falling hand in hand and, uh, you know there was things i saw one that was like 60 percent of um people in this study that claim to be creative um, are likely to have depression and it's like well the thing is is that artists or you know creative people I feel like out of a general society are possibly more likely to admit that they have mental health problems or they're in tune
0: with their emotions a little bit more
1: maybe discuss it a little bit more because Mm -hmm. that's you know how a lot of people create but these studies were also not compared to other professions so you know um carers or teachers Mm -hmm. or you know any professions the studies that had then gone on to compare these showed that they were actually very similar yeah. in numbers and in fact you know carers and things like that were even higher a higher chance of developing mental health illnesses yeah. or issues so it was just only to
0: like, compare that well, correct me if i'm wrong but it was only like 17 percent of the, yeah. the batch were the, yeah. Like, yeah it's, it was it's like weird, the average was it's a weird angle to paint the study in it yeah like, is is, it's aimed at creatives. yeah and push a narrative that we're all um emotional wrecks with unstable minds and in reality like you said we're just probably more in tune with with what our emotions are how to deal with them and how to um and we i don't know like obviously this is a kind of generalization but i don't know i feel like creatives are able to accept that Say, say that uh, the uh, example creative number one is is sad mm. the, I, I don't uh, this obviously isn't true for everyone but i think they'd be more introspective of why they're being sad mm. instead of just being like the standard nope I'm just gonna ignore it i'm mm-hmm. happy, happy, yeah. happy 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 i feel like th- th- there's we as quotas literally look into how we can channel ourselves whether that is our emotions or just our personality and everything like our whole existence is figuring out how we can channel certain things into Into our our, art. yeah so we're naturally going to be more susceptible to Mm -hmm. things like that that may cause sadness or other things like that
1: definitely and i think that like we've said we often pull on our emotions to create things Mm -hmm. um and that's doesn't matter whether what art form you take on whether that's a career or not and the thing is is that most people are creatives so and most yeah. people can be creative and I think that does take a lot of the time it does take a lot of personal introspective yeah and discovery um, yeah yeah and I also think that the sort of toxic masculine the idea of you know not expressing your emotions mm-hmm. and you know, not sort of looking within yourself is sometimes broken down within creative sort of circles circles a little bit more than in general society, which is obviously nice as well. Mm -hmm. But talking about sort of society and how it views this sort of stereotype, I think... the
0: tortured artist. Yeah, I
1: think like the modern version of that is so romanticised and Mm -hmm. so taken so literally. Well, it can at, be quite damaging
0: at this point like like we said at the start of the episode like this myth has been along around since ancient greece and because it's been around that long we've had a lot of amazing artists that through no fault of their own fulfill the stereotype of the tortured artist your van gogh's your amy Winehouses, mm. your Kurt Cobain's, the everyone in the 27 club like now we're on the societal bit this is the this is the kind of juicy part of the Mm. conversation because now we have to try and look at what's the cause and through doing the research there's many many different things that perpetuate this myth one aspect of it comes from how art is valued and i'm talking the expensive pieces when when there's been pain that artist has put blood on the canvas it it's taken years of anguish it's almost easier to validate that price point and when i looked i kind of furiously watching youtube videos on it and like <laughs> obviously stuff a lot of people were kind of kind of pushed that of like when you've got someone that's super happy and is a super talented artist mm. that's why they can produce art say the say like Andy Warhol's who utilize screen printing to print these images that are ingrained in our heads like yeah. the the soup cans and that mm-hmm. that took him like half the time of a of a renaissance painting yeah. but they're ingrained in our in our minds but I've, I've there's an interesting um quote on that aspect of this conversation and uh, there's a famous painter called James McNeil Whistler who had to go to court because I, I don't really know the full, full scope of it, but he was in court due to how much he was charging for an abstract painting at the time. And it was very abstract for the time. We're talking 1872. And um, he admitted in the court that it only took him two days, to which the judge <laughs> kind of, in reply to that, said, oh, two days, the labour of two days. Is that what you wish to ask for 200 guineas? i sorry i I couldn't help myself put the old timey voice on there (laughs) to which james replied no i ask it for the knowledge of a lifetime and i thought that was so interesting because it's like yeah when when you can clearly see that that person has gone through this massive journey yeah it's easy to go yeah that's worth a lot of money Mm. but it's so easy to forget that just because an artist was able to create a piece quickly, that's because they've put years and years and years of developing their craft skill and talent to be able to do that. I
1: suppose it's also... Because, I mean, you can also be super, super talented and have developed your craft for years and years and years and it still takes you a long time to create a piece. I suppose it depends what kind of style or what you're creating. But Mm -hmm. I think that whole little that whole thing is questioning the value of a piece if it's not created from from pain or yeah. from from suffering. Is it as valuable? Is it as interesting? Mm-hmm. People like to see
0: pain. pain expressed. We're sadistic. We're sadistic. Yeah, <laughs> we are. <laughs> we really and I I
1: think I think we because as a general society, pain is sort of viewed as weakness, it's a mm. hard mm. it's a hard emotion to express outwardly it's a hard emotion to allow to um be seen by everybody mm-hmm. um because like i say it, it's you know often seen as a weakness like you know going back to that little greek the wounded, little, the, um, the wounded
0: f- philosophies
1: i think yes. yeah um i think i've said that differently every single yeah. time <laughs>
0: again sorry my Greek, my greek <laughs> friends
1: <laughs> You try, babe, it's fine. I try. But yeah, it sort of goes back to, to, to weakness and I think that's why it it can be seen as so endearing when mm-hmm. art is made from this place of of anguish. And yeah. It's almost endearing, isn't it, to see someone create from that place. Um, and then sort of valuing it in terms of actual money yeah. is, I mean, that's a completely different... Yeah, completely different, new tangent. Different conversations of, it, yeah, of what whether maybe it's, we'll do a full full episode more, on that. Worth more because you know, pain has got into it, or yeah. you know, or is it, is, or
0: should we value art based on the skill, craft, yeah. and, and and idea of it and the concept? Like, well,
1: we, but that is can also be different. To different people because some people might want to pay two hundred guineas for an abstract painting, but someone might not like abstract and wouldn't want to pay anything for it. So
0: Oh, I forgot to it, say um, as well, the the painting we're actually on about is the nocturne in black and gold. It's a really famous abstract and no, painting. What? nocturne oh
1: the nocturne
0: nocturne, the nocturne in black and in gold if you want to look up that painting and that story see
1: if it's worth 200 guineas yeah
0: you, I, <laughs> how yeah much is
1: 200 I, guineas in modern
0: i don't know like, i tried okay, to look but... and apparently have to do a lot of maths and i couldn't be arsed oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> E-R, er everyone listening tag us on social media and tell tell us how much you'd pay for that painting if you, you spell it okay. n-o-c-t-u-r-n-e in black and gold
1: i can't be bothered to figure that out (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we'll figure that out as well
0: but moving on from kind of money the kind of modern perception of the tortured artist it kind of it's very complicated isn't Mm. it because on one side it's the consumer's fault for pushing the tortured artist because that kind of art sells like hotcakes like Mm. or like Kurt Cobain's and Amy Winehouse are a great example they had moderate success when alive they died through different like bec- mental health be- mental, mental health, health reasons health life reasons. drugs all of that stuff they failed to the tortured artist stereotype mm, there definitely. and then when they die and that pain is thrust into the limelight of society we we buy it because yeah. Cause, and there's many reasons you're not a bastard for buying that but um because like you obviously you're like it's a natural reaction to go oh I want to I want to listen to that person yeah. oh I want to celebrate their I feel life
1: like, I feel like Amy Winehouse is a really good example of it as well because she was so ridiculed while she was alive for yeah. having these mental health issues and you know addiction is just as much as a mental health issue than, you know, anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was, especially by, you know, the papers, was so... Just by general society, really, but blitzed, absolutely yeah, blitzed. It was for, cruel. It was, and, you know, she... I mean, the pressure from from people... And you know, it probably sent I mean it did send her over the edge. Mm-hmm. And, and then she dies, but then she died and, then... and everyone was like, Oh, poor Amy, oh you know, it's so sad that we couldn't have saved, like, we saved you, her. We yeah, could have saved her. You could you have saved her. Like? You know, and but you romanticize this idea not you, but you know, society, we, <laughs> we yeah. Romanticize this um idea, you know, these these mental health issues within artists and i think that is a massive mm-hmm. massive problem it's it's depressing that topic. it takes
0: someone to die to fully understand like to fully kind of look past their their issues to yeah. see the tree beauty in them yeah it, it's depressing yeah. that it, it takes does. that for as a collective hive mind for us to see that pain yeah 100% it's sad.
1: And it is sad and, and it's so common though isn't it mm-hmm. like once an artist passes that's when their art becomes popular
0: but flip that I know I as an artist almost uh, almost fetishized the kind of idea of the tortured artist when I was growing up mm-hmm. and kind of finding my feet I was like because I, I I, was I kind of idolized people like Ian Curtis, Iggy Pop that kind of dark punk aesthetic and their lyrics were very introspective, very dark, very deep, uh, based on trauma, not so much Iggy Pop, more Ian Curtis in that regard. But then I kind of took that, instead of seeing that as that person's expressing their emotions and putting it onto into art form, I saw that as, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to do that because I think mm. it's cool. Yeah. And people find me more interesting and and when i was doing that i was pulling from my own trauma and down the line i learned that i needed to strip away the kind of aspect that was aimed to gain attention Mm, and and just use it primarily as a healing tool because it's i think it's very good for that but it all depends on how you as an artist are using that Mm. because if you're using it to gain clout or to seem interesting, or just to get attention, I can promise you all it leads to is even more mental health issues because then your whole kind of...
1: Creative persona.
0: Yeah, is based on being dark and edgy and you're going to start looking for different things to happen that you can write about that fit that role. I, I used to get myself in so many stupid situations... Knowing full well that I can write about it, I'd almost force those stupid and dangerous situations like just so I could have someone to write yeah. and, and it's it's just dangerous. Just be mm. careful when you're doing that. Yeah.
1: I think it's quite a common thing to when you have idols and look up to people so much mm-hmm. to want to, especially when you're younger, wanting to copy them or be like them or live a, you know, yeah. similar lifestyle. It's that sort of rock and roll lifestyle, mm. isn't it? But it's not it's not healthy, yeah, <laughs> obviously. It's, it's sad it's to also, admit,
0: but I genuinely was like, Yeah, I'm gonna be in the twenty seven club. Yeah at one point. Yeah, yeah. How dark and yeah. and sad is that? Like yeah. I, don't worry everyone. I'd grow out I grew yeah. out of it. But like that, yeah, it's it, so easy to fall into. Yeah, like
1: definitely. And especially when you're surrounded by people who also wanna be part of the twenty seven club you know, or wanna or rock well, star, egg you like. on Yeah, and I think you know these people use their creativity as an outlet mm-hmm. and i mean if you are you know naturally a dark mysterious person and you are being completely authentic you and you, you know you. exactly and it works for you and that's what makes you happy or that's what makes you feel fulfilled then brilliant you know mm-hmm. like say you do you but if you are literally just copying someone because they think you think they're cool it's a very easy hole to fall into and don't get me wrong i've done it too like my whole life <laughs> mm-hmm. but i think that that's the thing with like i mean this is kind of a different topic but idolizing people and putting people on a pedestal and you know holding people at such a high regard that you literally want to become them and live their lives even as, though you've you know, never
0: actually spoken to them in real life exactly. you might hate them
1: exactly it's just your or the general perspective of that person we could do a whole episode on celebdom (laughs)
0: like
1: and we might do yeah
0: (laughs) i guess like with that then do you think it's the environment that creates a this cliche of the tortured artist or the artist
1: um or both yeah i think it's probably a mixture Mm. i think mostly I'm sort of swayed to say the environment because, I mean, it depends. It depends. I mean, growing up in a country that doesn't support the arts and doesn't, you know...
0: I look at the pandemic. It took, yeah. took like, what was it, like 10, 10 11 months before we even got yeah. any funding? Yeah, exactly. And then even then, they were picky of what types of arts get funding. Exactly. Like we said in the second episode, comedy didn't get any funding. Not a
1: penny. <laughs> Um, yeah I think you know growing up as you know working class artists we're very aware of the
0: societal constriction
1: definitely on art and the sort of creative industries in this country obviously it's different in different places but I know full well that that um, plays into mental health Mm -hmm. (laughs) and plays into you know the idea of the stereotype of the tortured artist because i i think that the tortured artist stereotype can be so damaging because it means that a lot of people won't try to you know be creative or won't try to um go into creative careers because they fear that they won't make money, they Mm -hmm. won't be happy, they won't be supported. And I'm not going to lie to you, you probably won't for a while. (laughs) But it is possible. It is absolutely possible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we live in a society... This is, again, going off on a bit of a tangent, but we live in a society where money and material things are so highly valued. Once you try to focus your energy and happiness on the things that truly make you happy and things that like being creative for Mm. us Mm -hmm. um it's you kind of care less about the money side of things and you then start to work on your mental health a little bit more in a way that is well a little bit different in terms of you know just having material things
0: yeah and just go just going back to like the question i asked you yeah i think it, it's hard because as as a society we love dark things like we, genres like horror and like stuff like that wouldn't exist if we didn't find an interest or an intrigue mm. into the dark and mysterious aspects of life so it's almost human nature to to appreciate pain when it comes to art but at the same time through that natural thing, uh, allure of that kind of type of art, we then perpetuate the, the stereotype that artists have to have to be like that yeah. to get attention yeah. or have to do like crazy things that are going to affect the, la- the, the mental health or have to do like public stunts and be edgy on the internet even mm. though the hate they'll get from that <laughs> is going to destroy them. So
1: do you think it's m- more based on the artist or the environment?
0: i don't know it's it's both yeah and i I think the whole topic as a whole is one thing we haven't kind of touched on is that we've kind of focused on what what creates a tortured artist Mm. but just to flip it and talk about art that's born out of anguish some of the best art or music or anything of like plays or art as an entire kind of umbrella term mm. so much of the greatest pieces of art have come from anguish or have come mm. from uh, an environment that isn't good like mm. just a random example off the top of my head ska music in the uk in in the country there was shit ton of racism at that time the national front had come out or it was a horrible point politically mm. but people of the Midlands, uh, Midlands, Donnie myself. Oh, yeah, the people of the Midlands <laughs> went, fuck that, and started f- forming bands with both black and white people and pushed against that racist rhetoric that the scumbags were pushing at that that's time. Funny. And I think that's just I think that's like really beautiful that in a in a horrible point in history, you got Thatcher at the National Front, you've got all of these things creating a horrible environment, working class people have nothing to do, they're not being funded and creatives grouped together to mm. unify everyone and...
1: Something beautiful came from yeah, it. Yeah,
0: and and at the same time, although it's all, all the beauty of also... Uh, while they're pushing that beautiful narrative, we're also moon-stomping <laughs> up and down the country. <laughs> and like. breaking
1: down stereotypes. And, yeah. You know, so, so many scars grow. Uh, yeah.
0: Medellin's donors, we love scars.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think... Um, yeah another person Frida Kahlo is a great example of someone who her envi- wasn't necessarily her environment but her just her situation her life situation she lived yeah. in a lot of pain and you know her art definitely um, encompassed that pain and oh, was something was so beautiful and actually you know quite um liberating for her well I don't know if it was liberating for her but it was um it was definitely a release obviously for her um which again beauty can come from pain and can come from places of yeah like, torment
0: i think that's why i kind of wanted to talk about this side of it because mm. we've done a lot talking about the negative sides mm. of it but there is positive definitely. to it like like
1: there is. i mean art therapy like is is a is a, a thing and something that is you know works parts of the brain that you don't work in a lot of other you know situ- like your daily situations yeah um and it's a it's a fantastic tool that people use very often I mean people yeah. go into prisons work work with you know people in prisons work you can work with kids work mm-hmm. with you know so many different types of people.
0: Actually, a funny thing. I don't know it just popped to <laughs> my head then when he said prisons. Charles Bronson. most famous like most violent prisoner (laughs) ever when he went when he was i I don't have the details because i'm literally plucking this from the top of my Mm -hmm. head he used to make art while he was in prison and and apparently based on the film if you (laughs) take that as a (laughs) credible source it calmed him down and like this was a very violent person Mm. and when they made art they they stripped away all of that violent masculine demeanor that he held and he was an artist yeah and, yeah, and it almost turned him into a different person when he was in that state yeah and that, kind, that isn't it? yeah i
1: mean i think it is that sort of release of emotion and there's not many ways that we have that available to us not we're not mm-hmm. really taught that in art through our education systems no, unless you have to... a donny teacher yeah right? <laughs> of course which i mean they have a lot of pressure on them so you know, it's, yeah, it's I think it is that sort of release of emotion and mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing necessarily, yeah. but it's more the sort of stereotype itself, mm-hmm. you know, of a tortured... Just because you're in, in pain or your art reflects the pain that you feel, or not just pain, but the, you know, mental health situations that you're experiencing doesn't mean that you are a tortured artist, yeah. doesn't mean that yeah. you are you know this you fit into the stereotype and then you, you are, have
0: to live out that stereotype yeah it's
1: it's just something that is put on to us i think yeah. by by society and has done for, for thousands, of thousands of years clearly how, how
0: i'd kind of summarize the kind of conversation although it's it's no one's fault it's no individual's fault or society's fault because like like the, an individual can't help their what they do mm. unless they look at like look into themselves and societally it is kind of kind of come to the glues it's quite natural for us mm. to be um endeared by those kind of topics but now we're in the new era of mental health awareness i think it's time that we now start to look at healthier ways where we can appreciate art that has come from pain mm. and instead of pushing the narrative sides of that stereotype we appreciate that art for what it is and for what went into it but we don't put that on a pedestal above our other art that's equally good yeah, just 100%. because it's pot had pain attached to Definitely. it and we can yeah. find healthier ways to enjoy that art mm-hmm. without creating an environment where people become consumed by that darkness and end up taking their life Definitely, because it's happened too many times it now. has,
1: so many times and it's I think surrounding yourself with people who can support you and who understand you um, is very helpful obviously mm-hmm. and um, you know using your art as a way to express yourself obviously is also very helpful um, and yeah we just want people to be happy Yes, Make up. Be happy. <laughs> Don't worry.
0: Be happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I think that's um, all we've really got to. I think we've covered sh- a lot of ground well, on that, this yeah, episode. I think we've
0: done well. And if you if you want to talk to us about this, if you want to dispute something we've said, mm-hmm. feel free to Please do messages, right tag us in a post, cancel us, whatever you want to do. <laughs> okay. Um.
1: Yeah. So we're on Instagram. Um, at loose creatives podcast you can email us loose creatives podcast at gmail.com i've also started a twitter account there's nothing on there yet but, yeah, um, but we're
0: not really twitter ads so no we do, we'll i mean try. i'm having we'll a try. bit
1: of a social media break which isn't really great for, <laughs> for yeah. marketing reasons. See, this is why we need <laughs> you
0: I lo- I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna have my baggy moment <laughs> we're 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 not good at social media so any shares any any help you can give us would be so appreciated yeah it really is
1: and i think as well especially the algorithm i saw a podcast post the other day that they have been struggling with the algorithm because instagram wants us to pay for uh, for marketing basically and won't push posts that are um sort of advertising new episodes and stuff so yeah please if you wouldn't mind please share when we um pop our post up um yeah feel free to contact us with any ideas anything you want us to to discuss any guests that you would be interested in hearing from um any topics any topics anything, anything. we love we love 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 hearing from you guys and you know sparking that conversation
0: and now it's now the kind of format shifting back to me and meg being the kind of primary um Content. We're going to be doing a lot more polls. We're yeah. going to be getting you guys involved way more. That's kind of one of the reasons why we wanted to go back to that first episode format. Yeah, we just missed having you guys as part of the the podcast. Yeah, it, it just makes it feel a bit nicer, doesn't it? But with all that said, we nearly forgot it. <laughs> we, nearly we nearly did. You know what time it is. Top picks for the week. It's our top picks of the week. Oh, yes, it is. I'm going to start this week because I always accidentally have to do the last one, and I don't, don't just don't want the pressure this week of being the last top pick of the week. This week, I'm going to plug an author and a specific book that I hold close to my heart. I used to read these author's books with my mom Uh, I just I just love it and it's Sir Terry Pratchett and the book in particular is Dodger it's in Sweeney Todd era London and it follows a young Tosher called Dodger and a Tosher was someone that used to go through the sewers of London and collect various trinkets jewelry coins and stuff and they basically lived off of that and it follows young Dodger as he turns from street urchin to saviour to spy it's it's a mad story it's even even stop Sweeney Todd in it it's yeah it's great I, it's great I love book. Terry Pratchett's ability to craft these worlds I'm a I'm a big fiction buff mm-hmm. um and I and I'm a, I'm a sucker for some whimsy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, it's mine. It is a really good book. Um I've got two to plug this week. The first one I mean most people have probably already seen this. Um on Channel 4 it's a sin if you haven't watched it. Go watch it because it's freaking marvelous. Brilliant brilliant by Russell T Davis. Um it's just so good. It's, what are you laughing at? The,
0: when he said "freaking," that just made <laughs> me so <laughs>
1: My nances is <are> into this. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, yeah, it's really good. It's um, set in the eighties. It's about um, the AIDS crisis in the UK, and it's filmed mostly around Manchester, which is pretty cool.
0: on the Manchester, <laughs> Manchester.
1: Um, a- Alexander is um, a great actor and does very well as the lead and yeah it's just really good very emotional I mean I cried like most of the way through so if you feel like you need a good cry definitely go and watch yeah. that um and the second one is you've heard me mention it before but it's The Artist's Way um it's a book by Julia Cameron I just wanted to talk about it slightly more in depth it's basically like a 12-week program to help you sort of delve into creativity a little bit more and it sort of helps you drop the stereotypes that you've picked up over the years of your life you know whether you are a young younger person or an older person it doesn't really matter but it's sort of helps you question and delve into the things that hold you back from being creative in quite a spiritual way um, so there's, there's a lot, lot of tools and, yeah. ta- and
0: uh, um, kind of tasks you can yeah set for yourself, you?
1: yeah um like it's completely changed my perspective of creativity and being a creative person whether you know this is your career and it's something that you do f- for work or it's just something that you like to do as a hobby both are absolutely valid and this book is so so helpful for it I would recommend it to anybody. Um, So yeah, that's The Artist's Way by Julie Cameron there's a few different books um, that she's released over the years but this one is particularly marvellous and yeah, I highly, highly, highly recommend.
0: And that's us done.
1: That's it for this week. Thank you so, so much for listening. We love Um, you. We love your lords and check us out on Instagram. Um, Email us and all that jazz.
0: Yeah. And we'll see you soon. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Bye.